Operation Confidence proudly presents America's Invisible Heroes Radio Talk Show. Tune in weekly on Sundays from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Consuela Mackey, co-host, U.S. Air Force veteran, Matt Davidson, announcers, Taylor Marcella and Brooke Gadesi, U.S. Army veteran and entertainment host, Charles Whitehead, U.S. Army Special Forces veteran, and I once was whole, segment host, Richard Cook. U.S. Army veteran and lifeline for women's veterans, segment host, Martha Elena Varela. National Faith Program Director and Veterans in Recovery, segment host, Anthony Akinpora. And U.S. Air Force veteran and incarceration to success, segment host, Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org. Okay, well, let's start. Uh, welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Americans Invisible Heroes. This show is dedicated to our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey, Executive Director of a grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. Many of you know that I'm not a veteran. But my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially those who are disabled and have experienced homelessness. For those who are new to the show, American Invisible Heroes was established to provide a platform for veterans to be able to share their experiences, accomplishments, heartfelt stories, resources, and more. Now, before we get started, I would like for all of us to acknowledge that Friday the 11th, as we all know, was Veterans Day. And we take this time to honor our vets who sacrificed so much for our freedom. We would also like to honor the Marine Corps, which was founded on November the 10th, I mean, 1777. We think all of our servicemen are just absolutely amazing. And women, of course. Now, allow me to introduce our co-hosts. Today, we have Taylor Marcella. She's one of Operation Conference's board members and an announcer. We have U.S. Army veteran Martha Varela. She's also an announcer, and she has a bi-monthly segment called Lifeline for Women Veterans. And also, she's on our advisory board. Then we have Ann Montague. She has a bi-monthly segment. She's called The Rosie's Movement. Then we have U.S. Army Special Forces veteran Richard Cook. He has a bi-monthly segment called I Once Was Whole. And then last but not least, we have today is U.S. Army veteran Dr. Wendy Children. She has a bi-monthly segment called Living Life Completely. Welcome, everyone. Dr. Children, we're going to turn it over to you, girlfriend. You have a few words of of uh, faith to give us today. Yes, I will open up. I'd just like to open up with a prayer. Uh, and I don't wanna say especially for, but we wanna lift up Charles Whitehead whose mother passed. And we just wanna take this time. I wanna take some time to honor him as well. So if you would, 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We ask that you just be with our brother Charles as he navigates the passing of his mother. Lord, we ask that you be with his family and comfort them. But Father, we also ask that they are able to rejoice in all the years that they had, their mom or grandma, aunt or sister, Lord. We ask that you would help them to focus on all of the positivity and all of the good times. Father, in addition, we just lift up all the veterans that have served and have given their lives and those that are still serving this country, Lord. We ask that you would be with them and comfort them as well. We ask for your guidance and for those that will come alongside Connie in this mission you have given her, this vision you've given her to help her carry out the work. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Right on, right on time. You're welcome. Okay. So I know that you have a heavy day today, Dr. Chilby, but I thank you so much for stopping in and giving that prayer to Charles and our veterans. And, you know, we just love you so much. And we'll see you back next week, right? Next week. Yes. Love you all as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Okay. Uh, before we get started, I want to uh, say happy birthday, Martha. If you thought we forgot you, girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ironically, her birthday is on Veterans Day. So she's a oh, veteran God. baby. Right. So we're going to let Ann take it away for right now. And then we're going to uh, move on to Martha's presentation. Take it away, Anne. Okay. Um, first of all, let me say that um, in the many, many months that I've been involved here with Operation Confidence, um, we have been so really pleased that you are in another part of the country than we've been working in very much. And that makes us more inclusive. You also have a very diverse group and that makes us more inclusive. And so in many ways you're validating just by being who you are, what we're trying to accomplish in this new type of social movement or national movement. It looks like uh, my uh, you have disabled my screen sharing. Can you check on that? It Can says, you do uh, that, uh, Taylor? It says uh, the host is disabled. I think you have to do that, Connie. Well, I didn't disable it. I think you can just go to share to make you a host, though, right? It says yeah. host disabled. Co-host, I'm sorry. Co-host, <laughs> you'll go from there. Okay, you're all a co-host now. You just tell me when you're ready. You're, I'm ready. Okay, very good. Um, we're go I'm going to go ahead and give you um, essentially um, a PowerPoint presentation as much as I feel that many times PowerPoint presentations are very much pushing information at your audience and not getting audience participation. But, um, in interest of time, and we don't have that much time today, I'll go ahead with a PowerPoint presentation. 
<clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. I didn't realize them. First of all, I want you to see that this logo, we, this is the famous logo, but it has problems because it's been used by many, many uh, corporations and everything from cleaning agents to women's underwear to whatever. And so it's lost its power uh, to express in an in-depth way what we're really all about. And, um, but this is the, uh, that photograph there is pretty much the, the image that people have uh, accepted. Um, and um, so we, we just keep using that. Although I may ask for your help here in the latter part of this presentation to think about uh, doing it another way. I want you to know the mission of our organization. Our organization is called Thanks Plain and Simple. Um, our mission is to create projects that need to be done in America and do such a good job that others join in. And of course, we include veterans when possible, which is part of our IRS uh, mission statement. If you look at that, to create projects that need to be done in America and do such a good job that others join in, it means you're doing something that nobody else is doing in the way that you feel should be done. And it also is in a way that invites people to join in, the people meaning uh, all Americans. Um, the American Rosie Movement uh, has uh, many benefits to Americans, I mean, to veterans and their communities. And I wanna explain to, the, to you how we feel that they do or that what we're essentially attempting to do. Uh, now, we really believe that Operation Confidence is leading the way for veterans to help Americans to pull together. We know that we've only known each other for a little more than a year, but we have a solid relationship and you all are meeting our standards um, um, very, very well and very happily. And that's, you know, the tone is good and the work is excellent. Thank you. Um, so how are you showing that you have a peace in the American Rosie Movement? This peace in the American Rosie Movement is very important because what we're saying is people don't have to do a huge amount of work or a big project or uh, something uh, nationwide in order to be part of the movement that you all are uh, growing, of course, in the size of the piece that you're making for a movement that is um, going to be essentially not only known in America, but it's already being known internationally. So one of the things you've done is ring a bell for the Rosies. I love these pictures. Uh, there's one of them in here that's, uh, I believe that's Richards. No, it's yes, everyone. Well, we had yeah, several. Sure which one? Which one was right? Oh, there, yeah, there. There's a few others that. Anyway, uh, the the bell ringing is very important because it's an announcement that a project is being done, or that people are essentially joining together, and uh, it's a happy thing. And one of the reasons we call this the American Rosie Movement is most of the women were not riveters. Therefore, uh, it has kept a lot of women from coming forward that should have been honored. 
So we just say the American Rosie Movement. But another reason is that it is rosy. It's, it's a happy movement, not that there isn't hard work to it. But um, with, we, with the um, very good help that you've given us, uh, we are very sure that we're going to go forward in a, in a bigger way. You've interviewed Rosie's. Um, this is Ruth Edwards. You never saw this video, and I'm going to play this for you today. Okay, we it's, love Ruth. Uh, Ruth died. Um, she died just before her 100th birthday. Her birthday would have been in October, and she died about six weeks ahead of time. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna move this thing forward in the interest of time. If there's a Pokemon hiding in the halls of Friends Home West, Ruth Edwards will find it. She loves adventure. A trait she, she was 99 then, right? It didn't hear you. She was 99 years old with her cell phone. Yes, that's right. A little town about thousand people, and I graduated from high school there with Chuck Yeager who is now a retired Brigadier General. I said, if I had any claim to fame, it would be the fact that I had graduated with Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager, known as the fastest man alive, was the first person to break the sound barrier. He was also Ruth Edwards' boyfriend. In her 96 years, she's never been afraid to try something new. Today, she's catching Pikachu. But more than 70 years ago, she was working in a steel manufacturing plant. Ruth was a rosy. Carnegie, Illinois Steel from Pennsylvania came into South Charleston and set up a plant in the U.S. Naval Ordnance Plant. So I went up there. Now that's very close shop. to where I live right now. We made uh, armor plates and gun barrels and uh, missiles, types of missiles and uh, things for battleships, parts for battleships. World War II was underway. Many men who worked in the factories were fighting overseas and women stepped up to help. Those women later became known as Rosie, like Rosie the Riveter. I was about 20 years old at the time and I, I had never seen anything like that. That machine shop was, it was huge. It had all kinds of drill presses, milling machines, all kinds of just rows and rows of, of machines. My job was expediter, which was going from machine to machine, uh, checking at night to make sure that they had all the equipment that they needed, and uh, there were no cell phones, no, we were, we were the communications link between management and, and production. Ruth didn't have experience, but she had drive. We went to work because we wanted to end the war as quickly as we could. I don't think anybody missed a shift. There was no absenteeism and no vacations. And everyone was patriotic. We went to work because we wanted to end the war as quickly as we could. And when the men left to go to war, that left the defense plants without enough workers. So the women came out of the kitchens, they said, and went to work in plants. She remembers the first time she saw this iconic image. It sort of indicates that, you know, their strength and unity. And the women united to work to, to try to help end the war. So it's, uh, it, it just became a, a symbol for everybody. That red bandana and that we can do it. 
<laughs> the women did it, working right up to the end of the war. I worked until the day uh, peace was declared. And uh, when that happened, Carnegie Steel pulled out of the Naval Ordnance Plant, went back to Pennsylvania, and they, everything stopped right then. It was just, they left all their equipment there, all the machines were left there. So they were stored in what later became the stamping plant in South Charleston, West Virginia. So when the Today Show wanted to uh, uh, do a, a program on the Rosies, so when they came into Charleston to do that, all they had to do was to get those machines dusted and cleaned up, and they had the, the show right there in the plant that I worked in. Wow. She had friends on the front lines and one special man in her heart whom she didn't know if she would ever see again. So at one time he was reported killed and then another time he was, was reported missing. So then I found out that he was a Japanese, that he did, uh, was on the Baton Death March. He was on Baton, was on the Baton Death March and was being held as a prisoner of war. James Harold Edwards. But he was in about three or four camps, prison camps in that area. And, and he was transferred to uh, Tokyo, Japan and worked in copper mines, was forced to work in copper mines. But his, uh, he got down to, I think it was 76 pounds. So he was put in what they call the death house. And that was where they put you when you weren't going to live. So they just gave up on you because he was totally and permanently disabled. Just suffered from the brutality and malnutrition. He had malaria, beriberi, dysentery, just a list of ailments that followed him through the rest of his life. James had a friend in the camp who didn't give up on it. A friend passed the death house and saw him and asked a Japanese guard if they would let him take care of my husband, Jim, and said, that way you won't have to bother with him at all. I'll just sort of check on him every once in a while. And they said, yes. So he kind of stole food out of the kitchen. He was able to do that and he would take him extra portions of rice or whatever. And he was really responsible for his being able to come back home. He just saved his life. Thanks to that friend, Jim came home to Ruth. We never forgot it. I kept in touch with that guy. His name was Oki Pack. And I kept in touch with him as long as he lived. We were very, very good friends. Jim and Ruth married. They built a life together. Children, grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren. He passed away too soon. In 1997. Tuda is the executive director. Harvard. She's a Harvard graduate. And she organized the Rosies in West Virginia. So I was called and asked if I worked in a defense plant during World War II. And I said, yes. So she said, we want you. So I, I, I joined the movement then and, and, and we started working together as Rosies. Ruth was even part of a documentary. It is uh, the women that went to all different parts of the United States and worked in defense plants and their stories and they tell uh, how hard it was for them to leave their homes and get transportation to where they worked and 
just their total story, but it's a very, very good documentary. And it is now being shown throughout the United States. She is proud of her work. One of the things that told me that this was a very, very coveted includes her great-granddaughter. There's an opportunity for her to make a difference and to make an impact on the world because there's a, a lot of opportunities out there and and she's a going to be a very intelligent young lady and she's going to be able to make choices and I want her to make the right choices and know that she's very important. We can learn a lot from Ruth. We just have to keep up with her. I've had a wonderful life. I have just, uh, I've done so many things that I never thought I would be able to do. And uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm going to quit at that, but I do want to point out, folks, that um, the very, very um, important issues that most people don't talk about who are doing work with roses are how much they contributed to um, essentially the um, nurturing of veterans who came back. She's an excellent example, but there are many, many others. Also, you see that Ruth um, had to be the breadwinner. Ruth raised herself up from being um, essentially a factory worker, lost her job, to um, being head of all business education for the state of West Virginia. Her husband was unable to work even as a janitor. He just was too um, depressed and disabled. Um, and then finally, something that most people don't recognize is how much hope she shows. We have a whole project of um, uh, essentially installing bluebird nest boxes because bluebirds represented hope through World War II. So, the second thing then and that you've done now is Operation Confidence uh, has done is um, interview the Rosies. And that's very, very important to us. And it's important to the women. And I believe it's important to the future of our country. What you've also already done is you become visible and informed participants over and over, including this evening. You are making yourself visible as being informed about the American Mercy Movement. So uh, that's super important to us because we've done more than 22 projects now, uh, including naming interstate bridges and naming the first government building in America and so forth. But um, by and large, the nation doesn't yet know about it. Although it happens, it's not fast enough. Um, now, Let's talk about the goal of the American Rosie Movement. What we want to do is apply what we learned about Rosie's um, to um, the problems of today. So in other words, how can we unify and face our problems uh, of today for the future? So this is not just about history. This is about doing projects together as you all are doing, and it's making you a leader in the American Rosie Movement. Um, also, um, I think we need to point out how, how we're similar to each other, how Thanks Plan and Simple and Operation Confidence are similar. Um, we're both committed to the needs of veterans, which is very clear. Um, we're both committed to applying what veterans and their supporters um, have learned 
to be a better America or to improve America. I'm very sure uh, that what, what veterans have learned and their supporters are learning uh, with us uh, will essentially lead to action uh, that we, we essentially will be doing larger and larger projects together. The small projects will come together into a huge project, which will be called the American Rosie Movement. Um, and that people will know about it. It's already called that, but people uh, around the country don't yet know about it. Um, and the most important thing is that we're taking action together that uh, builds and doesn't blame. You're, you're getting ready to uh, build a whole community there. And um, that's a very, very good example of you're not fighting um, amongst yourselves. You're not fighting other groups. Um, you're basically saying let's build and not blame, and you're you're by doing that you're uniting and not dividing, and that's what really makes us more uh, more tied to you than we probably would have been to um, had had you not really shown the level of interest that you've shown in what we're doing and doing it in such a wonderful time. Um, so we need to find new ways to pull together and highest quality work in a spirit of cooperation. And the reason is because we have the freedom to, this is very, very, very important to me and to the organization. Um, I am now gonna be interviewed on Thursday about my own story. And I uh, will start that story with a promise that I made to my grandmother when I was six the day before the day I started to school, which was the day after the uh, Japanese capitulated. Um, in other words, um, on the USS Missouri, they formally um, basically um, signed agreement that the war was over. And that very next day I started to school and my grandmother took me to the gate and said to me, and you're a very lucky girl. You're going to grow up in a free world you will get an education like women have never been able to do before. And I want you to promise me that you will not waste your freedom. And I promised her that I would not. And that is very, very serious to me today. And I think you all are catching on to that and understanding where I'm coming from as a person and why I've not been paid over these 14 years because I so believe that I need to keep that promise. So some of the common goals between all of us are um, we want to improve respect for veterans, for women's contributions, for people's potential, regardless of race, age, and other differences. Uh, and we uh, want to improve respect uh, for the fact that we can prove that people can come together and unite. Um, to um, go on to, um, uh, You've interviewed the Rosies, you've gotten public awareness, you've gotten a public informed, and now we're ready to start working with you all to figure out how we're gonna raise funds at a very much larger level than we've done uh, before together. Some examples of what you might do now um, are, um, we have, we're thinking about making this our logo so you have the Rosie there with her arm in the air. 
that you have um, a gray-haired lady, a child, and that has quite a history behind it. That, that um, poster was designed by the Freedom Museum in the Netherlands. But the thing that's missing in it to me is we need a veteran. So if you all have any ideas on how to add or adapt uh, this, uh, we had, um, uh, excuse me, we have an artist 